Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 372 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jonna Keener. Jonna lives in Godley, Texas, and she is a chemist for the city of Fort Worth's water department. Welcome, Jonna. Hi. It's great to talk to you today. I need to tell the audience, you might hear some things in my background or Jonna's background. I've got the condo right below where I have my recording studio. Someone is there hammering and drilling. So if you hear hammering and drilling, that's me. If you hear little cute doggy tiptoes, that's Jonna. So (laughs) we both have real life happening in the background. So ignore it. (laughs) But this is an exciting day because we're recording it in October, but it's coming out on December 26th, which is the day that my new book, 
28 Day Fast Art Day by Day comes out. Have you, do you have that one pre-ordered, John? It's okay if you don't. Not yet. I do not. It's, it's okay if you don't. Anybody who didn't pre-order it, you can still get it. It won't come out today, but you well, actually, you could probably get the Kindle version today. But I'm really excited about this book coming out because the teacher in me saw that there was a need for people. So anybody who's listening, if you're getting ready to start or restart your intermittent fasting lifestyle, you need 28-day fast start day by day. It's a companion book for Fast Feast Repeat. Sorry to put that commercial in there, but I'm really excited about this book. Everyone who's looked at it has said, oh yeah, this is going to be really helpful. So thank you for letting me talk about it. But you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I've never heard anybody say this, but I saw you, I heard you on Melissa Radke's five day inside out challenge in 2021. She's great. And so I list all five days at like at work, I was listening to everybody and I was like so excited. So when you came on, it just clicked. Like I was like, like I told my boss, I said, I'm going to do this thing. I said, there's an A word. I don't even know what the A word is, but it's going to be, it's fasting. It's going to be great. And then I, I'll talk you as the A word. So, and I started May 17th, 2021. You know, I say yes to every opportunity to share, you know, whether it's someone, Melissa Radke, I mean, she's big, she's famous, she had a TV show, that's a big platform, even if it's like the guy who has a podcast in his dorm room and five people are going to hear it, I'm going to talk about intermittent fasting to anybody because it has the potential to change so many lives. But I'm glad that you were listening that day. Were you were you struggling with your weight? What was your story? I've always been bigger because I'm six foot tall, you know, so I'm just bigger. And I don't think I was overweight until my adult life, but I always kind of was told uh, you're bigger, you need to worry about, you know, not worry about it, but you're just not normal size, which is fine. So I had gained weight in my 20s, like most people do. And then I met my husband in 2009 and we both gained weight together probably 20, 30 pounds that first year we were together and then raising kids and married and just stuff. So in December of 2019, like I had been hovering around 250 and for some reason that was fine, but I stepped on the scale one day and I was 255.0 and I was like, whoa, that's it. That's too much. That's enough. We all have that threshold, don't we? Whatever it might be. Like 250 was a lot, 251, but some for some reason, 255.0 was too much for me. <laughs> so I started Noom that year and I did it and did pretty good on it. And then I thought I could do this myself. I don't need the app. And then of course I gained some of the weight back and then I got on Noom a second time. And then I found you in May of 2021 and I started intermittent fasting with sort of doing the Noom app, but then I just switched over to fasting fully. So. Now, I've never even looked at the new map. I know it has like motivational stuff. It's very much like no food is bad, eat what you want, but there's foods like red, green, and yellow, or last time I had looked at it. So you want more green foods than red foods, but no food is off limits, which is kind of what I had already decided I wanted. Like before that, you know, when you're trying to eat 1200 calories all day, you're making little bitty snacks and you're counting it. And I was in the kitchen all the time and it was, I did not like it. So I was either cleaning up stuff or prepping stuff or counting stuff. And I didn't like it. So with Noom, it was just like, eat what you want, but it teaches you like why maybe you have some of these issues with food, like stuff in your childhood or stuff that you've gone through that maybe has affected the way that you feel about food and yourself. So I like that aspect. And it explained why like your brain works the way it works and why 
physiologically, like you can't lose weight just by counting calories because your body goes against that. Well, that actually sounds really good. I have not ever, like I said, looked at Noom and don't know a lot about it. But what you just said about finding the reasons, focusing on foods that nourish your body. So when I was doing that with you, it led me into, I mean, it it worked with fasting and your philosophy because that's how I felt. I was like, I got to find something where I can't, I don't want to restrict. I don't want to say I'll never have carbs. I don't want to count stuff anymore. So I was kind of doing that, which got my brain in the right spot. And then I found you and I was like, well, this sounds great. (laughs) So it sounds like if Noom would just start incorporating intermittent fasting also, it would be like the complete package. (laughs) Yes. They teach you about it. Like there's some lessons about ways to fast and what the benefits are, but it's not, it, it doesn't push you that way. It gives you like all the options of all the things to get healthier. Well, I'm glad that I asked because I never really knew what was going on on there. I just, you know, we all see the ads and hear about them. But, you know, I, I like everything that you just said and understanding, you know, working with your body. So you got started May of 2021. Do you remember what was your weight around then? 233.5. So I lost a little bit with Noom the first time, gained it all back, and then lost some more the second time. So. Okay. So when you started, did you just jump right in? What'd you do? I did the ease in. So like my first week, my window was eight hours and I went down to seven, six, five. So I think that's a great way to do it. Sometimes people are like super excited. <laughs> They're like, you know what? I'm going to jump right into a 24 and I'm going to fast for 20 hours every day. And that's a lot. You know, your body has to learn how to do something new. Well, and I already knew for myself, like that was too much. I'm not really that excited about it. I'm like, let's ease in. Let's see how it goes. So, and I was eating, like I'd get to work about 730 and I'd eat breakfast and I'd have a snack at 10 and lunch at noon. And so just the habit of your day had to change. So I was like, I'm going to start slow. So I, I didn't eat at 730. I'd start eating at like nine. The first f- couple of weeks, my boss was like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm feeling hungry. I'm ready for nine o'clock, you know, and then you just get you progress a little further into it. So. That's exactly right. And, you know, you start to realize it's okay to feel a little hungry at 8.30 or at 9 o'clock because that's going to pass. I think we're so afraid of hunger. We've been trained to, you know, I've said this before, you know, carry snacks in our purse. Make sure you're never without your snack just for an emergency. I remember having emergency snacks. But turns out your body's going to be just fine without that emergency snack. You don't need it all the time. You really don't. And it's being on the constant blood sugar roller coaster where you're like, eat eat something and then now you're hungry again. Then you eat something else. Now you're hungry again. Now you eat something else. But really, if you don't eat anything, hunger still comes around, but it's not worse than the hunger you had on the day when you were eating all the time. That's a very important lesson. All right. So you eased in and it just felt right as you kept going. Yeah. And the problem, not the problem, but I don't really stick to rules very well. So I recorded everything that for- I was recording my weight every day. So I recorded my steps every day, how long my window was, how long my fast was for the first four weeks of the 28 day. Every week, my window was longer than the plan, at least once a week. You know, the very first week we started, my mother-in-law came with my husband's niece And we went to breakfast on Sunday and they both said, yeah, let's go to breakfast. And I was like, oh, I just started this thing. So we go to breakfast and they didn't really want to eat. They're like, we don't eat breakfast. I'm like, but we're here and I've already ordered. (laughs) That is hilarious. I I run it for nothing, but it was fine. I got to eat breakfast with them. But they like split an egg or something. They didn't even want to eat breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) Which would have been preferable, but that's fine. People are funny. I'm glad that you said that because, again, we're recording this in October, but it comes out the end of December. So there'll be a lot of people tuning in who are, you know, the holidays are over or ending. 
and maybe they did intermittent fasting before and they're ready to get back to it, or maybe they have never done it, but now they're ready to get started. And, you know, in the 28 day fast start day by day, all those plans are there. Also in fast feast repeat, those plans are there, but you're going to have things thrown at you like that breakfast idea and like, you know, Hey, let's go eat. And it's learning how to flex without saying, Oh, well, I'll start over tomorrow. You know, getting rid of, you didn't, when you had that breakfast with them, you didn't say, well, I'll start over tomorrow. That'll be my new day one. No, I was like, move on to the next week. Cut my thing in by an hour next week. <laughs> exactly. So that's just, that's the mindset I really want people to get rid of. The starting over mentality with it being a lifestyle, you know, we have longer windows and shorter windows and breakfasts come up and then we just, the next day we wake up and delay again and it's a new day. So after that first month, now you said you're not good at rules. Anything else come to mind? Well, I'm a rule follower, but I don't like to be told what to do, like even by myself. So like I said, I'm going to do this 28 day fast start, but then I'm like, eh, <laughs> I can skip, not skip a day, but like I can have a longer window and you can flex it. I just had already before that got to the point where like, I'm going to live the way I'm going to live. I don't want to be restricted. Like I'd already decided that in my brain when I found fasting. So it's was like, well, just keep going. Like I had read the book, Fast Feast Repeat. So I knew that things happen and it does, it's not a stop and you don't have to restart. So I was, I mentally was already there. So that helped me be okay with the blips. <laughs> I think what you're saying is that you don't like a rigid lifestyle that doesn't let you live the way you want to live. That me too. I'm exactly the same way. And you know, I've never been the person I've told this story. I think I might have told it in Fast Feast Repeat. I've certainly said it on the podcast. After Cal made the first fasting app for me, summer of 2016, I vowed to have a perfect month. So I was using my new tracking app that my son made. I wanted to have, it was 2016, I wanted to have a perfect month with an eating window of five hours or less every single day. You heard me tell this story? Mm -hmm. So you know the answer. How many perfect months have I had? Zero. Zero. And so I've never... In my perfect intermittent fasting life, it's not perfect. That was sarcasm. I've never had a perfect month. And I also never quit fasting. Even when I had a 24-hour eating window as I took the red eye back from San Francisco, that was not a fail either. It was just a weird window. It was a weird day. So that's how I want people to approach intermittent fasting. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm glad that you do. So when you started and you were... You know, we don't expect weight loss the first month, but sometimes it does happen. What happened for you? I lost pretty quickly. Like my, I have my monthly averages. So for May of 2021, my monthly average was 233.8. And then in June, it was 229.8, July 224. So I was losing a little bit at a time, which is fine. Now I lost weight pretty much until August of that year. And then I have been on a plateau since then in the same five pound range. And it's not my maintenance goal. It's not where I think I'm, but I've settled in and I haven't done anything extra to lose that last 30, 40 pounds. So, so your body is like, here's where we are happy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this weight is where I was when I met my husband. So I think it's a set point. I mean, I've been with my husband 13 years, but I think this is where I was before that. And so I think it's just, I'm going to have to do another step to get to the next level. And I just haven't done it. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. How much did you lose altogether? This morning, I was 215.3. And so my range is usually 214 to 219. And I'm, I've been in that range for two years. So. so yeah, it does definitely sound like you've reached a set point that your body is happy to be. And your body's like, yep, this is where we're going to be. And, and I haven't changed anything. So I know that that's my, you know, when I really am ready, I'll do something and change it. So. And, you know, it's perfectly okay to always be happy where you are right now, if that's what you decide. But you're right. It. When your body settles in and says, here's where I am, you can either do something different or you can say, well, I liked my lifestyle. I like the way I'm living. And either is a really good choice. But I love the way you've just relaxed into it and you're enjoying it. So this was the way you were when you met your husband. What year was that, did you say? 2009. Okay. Yeah, you said that, 2009. I just lost where I wrote it down. (laughs) All right. So 2009. So you're feeling good. Tell me what your eating window looks like these days. So I usually eat when I get home from work. So about 4.30, I'll grab some kefir cheese and wheat thins or a snack. And then we have dinner about 5.30 or 6 because he goes, my husband goes to bed pretty early because he works early. So, and then usually I'm done at 8 or 8.30 with some Greek yogurt or something like that. So about four hours. I would just guess that you've reached homeostasis. Obviously, that's what a plateau is. It's when your body's like, yep, I like what I'm doing. Of course, you know what I would suggest to do. To- yes, alternate day fasting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there, you know, our bodies do adapt to something that's really consistent day to day. And then it settles in and it's like, all right, I'm happy here. This is working. So alternate day fasting, if you ever do decide, you know, I really am ready to, to take it, take myself down a little bit more. You said about 30 pounds would be. Yeah, I'd like to get back to about 180, 190, because that's what I was when I graduated high school. And I, I know it'll flex a little bit, but under 200 would be ideal for me. I would really like that because so, I'm still technically overweight based on the BMI. So I would like to get closer to the normal range just in general. If that's the size that your body naturally gravitated to when you were you know, graduating from high school, it sounds like that would probably be a good goal. But the reason why we do tend to plateau when our eating window is really consistent, like I said, it's homeostasis. Our body just gets happy there. 
And so alternate day fasting for anybody who's new and doesn't know what that means, it's all explained in fast, feast, repeat. Please don't start it at the beginning. Some people, Jonna, they'll start, they're like, I'm brand new. When should I start having down days? I'm like, no, no, stop. No, (laughs) not yet. But it's a great approach because the down day lets your body tap into the fat stores because you're eating less on the down day, less than normally. Maybe you're doing a full fast for 36 hours and on the up day, you're having that metabolic boost day and you might eat three meals that day. And that, Donna, is one of the hardest things for people who have been cruising along like you or I have in a daily eating window. We don't want to go back to eating all day on the up day. Yeah, I tried it for not even two weeks. I was like, I'm going to, and I told my family, I was like, this is what we're doing. And I was doing the 500 calorie meal, which was fine. So I could eat with my family. But on the up day, I had to take food to work. And I was like, now I've got to stop what I'm doing at work to eat that. And then I had to like, kind of not meal prep, but like make food to take with me instead of like just waiting till I got home. So I did not enjoy that. Now, maybe when my son moves out, I'll check it again. I don't know. I just haven't wanted to do it. So You know what I would do if I were you? Instead of, you know, trying to do like a full on alternate daily fasting routine or a bunch of stuff, maybe just like one down day a week. And then your up day is when you're at home. Like maybe down day on Friday. I don't know. Do y'all have like a big lot of social stuff on Friday. No, but I did try that because we went on vacation two weeks ago. So I tried that before. I was like, okay, I'm going to have full fast Friday. That's what I'm going to call it. And I did it like one time and then I was like, I just want to eat. I know. I get it. (laughs) But I would start with there if you ever want to just dip your toe in again, because like you, when I was, you know, dabbling in alternate day fasting, I haven't done it since 2016, but People think that the hardest part of intermittent fasting is the fasting, (laughs) but that's the easy part once your body is adapted. Now, not at first, but once you're adapted. But I didn't want to take food to work with me. I didn't want to. And so it's a pain. I don't want to eat at work. I don't want to eat and then have to be productive. So I, I totally get it. Well, and I would take it like when I was trying to move my window to the end of work, I would be like, oh, I'll eat at 2.30. But if I took food, no matter what, I was going to eat it at work. So I decided just don't take it to work. And on the weekends, I eat a little bit longer because I'm home. And once I'm done, like cleaning the house, doing my chores, I'm like, well, I could eat. So on Saturday and Sunday, usually my window, I don't wait till 4.30, but it's not enough variation that I've lost any more weight. And there's also you know, the uppish downish kind of approach. And y'all, I can't define that. Don't ask me to. It's not an official thing. But just to keep yourself out of the homeostasis, just you know, like... You know, maybe you have a one-hour window. It, you're not sticking to 500 calories or less. You're just like a one-hour window. And then the next day, a six-hour window or something. Just a little bit more of a variety to keep your body from adapting, shaking it up a little bit. Like I like a routine, but I don't like it to be very rigid. So like when I started recording my weight, I recorded every day. And then it took me a while to get out of the habit. And now I haven't recorded my weight since a month and a half ago. I, I did it this morning just to check it. But to see, yeah, it's really freeing to put away the scale. Although, funny story, you know, I haven't weighed myself since 2017. Last night, all night long, I dreamed about weighing myself. I don't know why. Like it was like, like I woke up, like, like, do I have a scale? Like it was such a real dream. Because in my dream, I was like weighing myself, and it was like a fancy scale, and I'm like wait, I just ate dinner. Why did I weigh myself then? Anyway, it was so real. I don't know. Maybe the universe is telling me, is it time to weigh myself? I don't know. I don't feel like it. Nah, you don't need to do that. <laughs> nah, I don't need to. I'm wearing my honesty jeans. They feel great. So that's my best feedback. So yeah, I know it can be frustrating to see, you know, I would like to lose a little more weight and I'm stuck right here on this plateau. But sometimes 
we just don't want to do that next thing. That's Yeah. I mean, once I'm really like, okay, it's time. But right now I'm like, I'm fine. I still like the way I look. I'm lifting weights with my husband. Like I'm not, not too worried about it. I've got 40, 50 more years to figure it out. So Absolutely. I love that mindset. So your husband, what does he think about intermittent fasting? Does he do it? He is very much a dabbler. Like he works at the railroad, a Union Pacific. And so he goes to work at five in the morning. And most of the time he does not eat till he gets home. But if he gets home at 1130, he'll eat. If he gets home at 430, he'll eat. So it's kind of, and he chews nicotine gum all day long. We got the cream out of his coffee. We, he doesn't really eat breakfast. I mean, he doesn't take food to work, but he chews that gum all day long. I met a man on the airplane. We were flying to Arizona, and this was just from the Myrtle Beach to Atlanta, so it's a short flight. But he was like, yeah, I'm doing intermittent fasting. And he like whipped out his pack of gum, and I'm like, wait, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's better than dipping snuff or cigarettes, but it's constant. I'm like, that's keeping your insulin high. (laughs) Well, this guy was very open to it, and that made me happy. He was like, all right, the gum is gone. I'm done with the gum. And I'm like, okie dokie. So we'll see how, yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day he'll be on the show. He'll talking about it. But (laughs) introducing my seatmate to why I shouldn't have gum. But I get it. So he's doing better than, you know, if he were like drinking creamy coffee and snacking all day. So he sees that I'm, I feel better. I'm doing better. And he, thinks it's okay. I don't know if he fully believes he's fully invested in it, but. Well, you got to pick your battles with your spouse. Let him do his thing. (laughs) The longer you're married, the more we realize that is exactly what to do. (laughs) We just had our 10 year anniversary. So I'm like, you do you, I'll do me. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. We just celebrated 32. I have to do some math. 32 in July. It's a long time. All right. So I'm glad your husband is open to it, even though he's kind of dabbling a little bit. So what about your coworkers? What do they think about it? I have tried to get a couple people at work on it that I know would greatly benefit from it. And they just haven't. They, there's excuses for all of them. I have a friend that started doing it, but she had already booked a weight loss surgery and had already like decided that's what she wanted to do. So she did the weight loss surgery and is living her best life with that. But the other two women at work that I've tried to help, they're just not there. They don't, I don't know if they don't see it or I'm not saying it the way that they need to hear it, but they're just not ready. They're not ready yet. So yeah, people are are not ready until they're ready and we can talk about it. We can model it, but until their brain is wrapped around it, they realize they need to make a change and they want to make a change. They'll, they'll be ready for it. If, and when all we can do is plant those seeds. So that's the best thing. So your friend that that had the weight loss surgery, I'm glad she's doing really, really well. If she, like so many people, finds the weight coming back on, maybe she'll be open to it then. Yes, I think she would. There are a lot of people in our community who are post-weight loss surgery, lost weight with weight loss surgery, regained the weight or started to regain the weight. And now they incorporate intermittent fasting as well. Yes. She's one of the people that when she was doing it, I said, you're going to be successful because she's very like... She loves working out. She runs marathons and half marathons. She's right now she's weight training because she wants to be in a transformation contest. She's always eating healthy. She's always been. So she's some people do the surgery just to lose the weight and they don't change anything. Like she's actively changed her life to live how she wants to live. I think she'll be one of the really success stories, but she does know and she tried it for a little bit right before the surgery. So, well, so just as long as she knows it's a tool that's still there in her toolbox. And, you know, there are plenty of people who have had weight loss surgery that also use the tool of intermittent fasting to help them. And they may need, you know, for someone who's listening, if that sounds like you might need a slightly longer eating window or significantly longer. You know, if you have a smaller stomach, you're not going to be able to fit in enough food for the day in four hours. You may need eight hours. 
you may need, you know, spacing out the smaller meals over an eight hour period or something like that. But there's a way to make it work. So you said your friend is really, really active. How about you? Do you like to work out? Do you do anything? You mentioned weight training. My husband and I, we go to the gym at 3.30 in the morning and we lift weights. And then I have a, on Saturday mornings at nine, I do a high fitness class, which is like a dance, high intensity interval class, but it's dance inspired, which is my jam. So that sounds so fun. Yeah. And she's fixing to start a second one in the morning before work and then a bar class, which she's going to start, which I've never done bar, but we're going to do that. So I think I would like the right bar class. I just haven't found the right one there. We had a bar fitness studio in Augusta and I went one time and didn't care for it. I think I would like the right bar class. Yeah. I've never tried one at all because I was, I danced in high school, but I didn't do ballet. I mean, it was, it was a small school. So I was on drill team. So anything dance related, I like. So I'm, I think I'll like it, but if not, I just won't do it again. Oh my Lord. I'm still trying to get over the fact that y'all get up at 3.30 to go do it. Yeah. We get up at 2.45 and then drive to the gym, which is 20 minutes. And then we work out and then I come home and sleep again. And then he goes to work from there. Okay. Okay. So you're living like, there's like some article I read years ago about like the second sleep, like people in medieval England or something like in early writings, the people used to like wake up in the middle of the night and do stuff and then go back to sleep. Yeah. I don't sleep at that time anyway. So usually I'm up, even if we don't go to the gym, I'm up and I'm like, well, okay, I should have just gone to the gym. But everybody at work is like, I could never go back to sleep. I'm like, have you tried it? Like I sleep great that hour and a half. The theory of that article was that that's how our we're meant to be. We're meant to, you know, wake up around that time and people would like do socialize or whatever they're doing in the middle of the night and then <laughs> go back to sleep for the second sleep. And you know, maybe that's really how we're supposed to be living instead. Well, and the good part is like, if I wait till after work, there's always going to be an excuse not to go to the gym. I'm tired. I had a hard day. I just want to go home or we have to go to the grocery store. So in the morning at 3.30, there's no excuse not to go other than I'm tired, which I use sometimes. So your <laughs> husband works early. He has an early. Yes. He starts at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why that makes sense now. And so he goes to bed super early. About 7.30. Yes. He's in bed. So That makes sense. Yeah, I had to fly back from Arizona last week or early this week and I set my alarm to go off at three. They picked me up for the airport at 3.45. So I was like, uh, but it was Arizona time. So it was really like six. <laughs> to my East Coast time. But well, I'm just super impressed that y'all go together at that time every day. So for, you go to bed early enough to sleep in the two phases and it adds up to enough. So tell me about your eating. Has that changed at all? It has changed because growing up, I did not eat vegetables. Like I would be the one sitting at the table till 10 o'clock and I would be more hard-headed than my mom. So, and I still don't like most vegetables, but I'll eat a salad made of dried spinach. Like I don't like cooked spinach, but spinach on a salad is my jam. And I'll eat that nearly every day. I like a lot more fish now. I like Greek yogurt, which I never would have even tried before. But I just don't like a lot of the flavors of the healthier foods. (laughs) Like I don't eat as much sweets. I don't eat near as many. We don't eat bread or chips very often anymore. So like last night we made hamburgers and we had to send our son to the store to get buns because we didn't have buns. And my husband was like, he'll eat wheat bread. I said, he is not going to eat wheat bread on his hamburger. So we had to send him to the store to get buns for his hamburger. (laughs) So that has changed, but I haven't drastically changed all of that. So It was a really slow process for me with changing my food. And it just, it happened because I was just trying to, I was like, I know I need to eat more vegetables, but I grew up not eating any. Like I would pick the peas and carrots out of the chicken pot pie, you know, the... (laughs) 
the frozen chicken pot pies that you used to have to bake in the oven for an hour. They weren't even microwavable. We didn't even have a microwave. But I would pick the peas and carrots out and throw them away. Yeah, I would hide them in my room or like throw them out the window or I mean. Have you heard me tell the throwing the carrot out the window story? I don't know if I've told it on the podcast. It's so funny that you said that. I did that exact thing. I was at a friend's house, friends of my mom's, and I was there. And they were like, I don't know, decided I was going to eat vegetables. They're like, you cannot not eat vegetables. They're like, pick something. So I was like, all right, I'll eat that raw carrot. So they gave me the raw carrot. So I'm like, I am not going to eat this raw carrot. So I went into the bathroom, and I was probably 10 And I'm like, great, I have this raw carrot. I'm in the bathroom. What am I going to do with it? So I'm like, well, I could flush it down the toilet. But my 10-year-old mind is like, well, what if, though, it like stops up their toilet? So I wasn't going to do that. So I was like, well, I will throw it out the window. (laughs) So I threw it out the window. What are the chances that the husband of the family was out there weeding the bed? And he's like, look what I just found behind the bushes. And I'm like, he found the carrot. I was so embarrassed. In my bedroom, I would like out the screen of the window, I'd like push them out and they'd be in the bushes in front of my, or I'd had them in a plastic jewelry box. My friend found them one time. She's like, what is this? I'm like, oh, that's all vegetables I forgot to throw out. Like I was not eating them. That's all. I would take my Flintstones vitamins. I didn't really like them. So I had a hole in my mattress or like the box spring was ripped and I would chuck them in there. (laughs) Well, guess what happens to a whole bunch of Flintstones vitamins that have been inside of a mattress? It makes it really gross. You know, like the bottom part where the fabric. So it started to like get disgusting. So then I got the scissors and I had, you know, it's like covering up one lie with another lie. I'm like under there cutting out the, trying to throw it away so no one would know. Like I was not going to take those vitamins either. <laughs> Bless our little children's hearts. <laughs> well, then a couple months ago, I just like the thought occurred to me, I think I could eat carrots, like raw carrots. I think I could eat them. And so I bought some and I took a bite. I was like, oh, still don't like that. <laughs> I love them now. So the moral of the story is I love them. And like there are very few, I don't like cauliflower unless there's a few ways I've had it that didn't make me die. <laughs> but melon, any kind of melon, I don't like that. But pretty much everything, I'm, it's amazing how my palate's opened up. Do you drink black coffee? No, I don't drink coffee at all. Okay. You know, I really think that's what opened up my palate. You've probably heard me talking about that, but I'm drinking my black coffee now. Being able to switch over to, tolerate the black coffee when my taste buds changed. I think that's what opened up the world of vegetables. Yeah, I can see that. But so you don't drink coffee. What do you drink during the fast? Just water? Just water. Mm -hmm. City of Fort Worth tap water. (laughs) Awesome. And you know, because you're a chemist, you know it's taste. taste it. Yes. So y'all have to test that a lot. We test every single day. We're at the lab 365 days a year, Christmas, every Sunday, we're there all the time. So what are you looking for? Well, I'm in the inorganics department. So we test for turbidity, solids in the water, chlorine, chloride, sulfate, alkalinity. That's what my section tests for. But then we have a metal section and we have a micro section that tests for like microbiology, like E. coli, they test for that. So we test the water plants that treat and we test the whole distribution system. So like wherever where we distribute it in all of our customer cities that buy water from us, we test for them. And so we do the whole gamut. Well, that's really interesting to me to hear about, especially I'm sure you've heard me talk about how when we moved the water here, something in the water here was making me have like an achy shoulder. And that sounds really weird. But when I started filtering my water, the achy shoulder went away. So that's the variable that I think that changed was drinking different water. And so filtering the water is really, really important. Do you, do you filter your water at home or you just drink this straight? No, I just drink. And I don't like bottled water. I don't like the taste of it. So I just, I've always drank tap water. 
I've never had a problem with it. It just depends with something in the water here. My body was sensitive to, and who knows what it might be, but it's also not as good for my hair. But here at the beach, we have like whatever's in the water makes my hair like fried. <laughs> it's not, hard water, is that what you would call it? Probably, yeah. Maybe the minerals in there. We got all sorts of weird stuff here at the coast. But well, thank you for all that work that y'all are doing, keeping the water safe. <laughs> so, what do you struggle with? I struggle with like being consistent enough to lose a little more weight. I mean, I know I could change JDF. It's that I just don't want to do anything anymore, any harder, any different. You know, I'm just kind of settled in. I struggle with some body image issues. I've gotten rid of most of those and I've had to like work on that, my mental, because my whole life I've been told, oh, you're big. Like my nickname was Big Red because I was six foot tall in third grade. You know, I was always tall. I was just and I am built a little bit bigger. So I've always just heard those things and it's always very much affected me. Now it's like, oh yeah, I'm just tall. I don't, nothing I can do about it. I can't be shorter, you know? <laughs> so I can't help that I have red hair and I like it now. So as a kid, everybody's like, you know, just anything different and it's curly and it's red. And I didn't always know how to fix it. <laughs> it was just, you know, and then my mom, when I was growing up, Lord love her, she's five foot three. Cause I'm adopted. So I don't look like anybody in my family, which made a difference. And so she, like, I remember one time she told me we were switching to 2% milk because I was getting a little chubby. And every time I heard anything like that, it like, it affected my self-esteem pretty bad. So I've had to actively work on my own inner dialogue, which I've, I'm still working on. So we don't realize how those little comments affect kids forever. Like that, that stayed with you. And it was like one thing. And I, I mean, I distinctly remember that. And I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> the best conversation to have with children about their weight is no conversation about their weight. You know, as parents, what we can do is provide nutritious real foods for our kids around the house the best that we can and model healthy eating behaviors. That's really the best we can do and let them, yeah, because those body image those comments can just set you up for a life of never feeling good in your body. And she grew up having to be perfect for her mother. Like she was the oldest child. She had to be perfect. So I guess when she saw me getting a little chubby, which was probably right before puberty. So I guess that was normal. And I was tall. So she just didn't know. She thought, you know, we're going to think we're doing the best we can. But the way my brain was wired was to take all of that. And it was like, there was something wrong with me instead of like, well, I'm just gaining a little weight, you know, like I took it personal instead of like, that's my body. Like it made me a bad person. So I've had to work on that. And I still have some flashes where I'm like, well, I did, I did a bad thing. If I open my window early, then I'm like, no, you didn't. You just opened your window. Early. You just had a donut. It's fine. Like, so I've had to mentally like tell myself these things, but it's getting better. So. Well, that's good. I think the inner dialogue is is the hardest part for a lot of us because like you said, you felt like you were doing a bad thing and it was wrong. And we weren't supposed to, you know, eat things like donuts if, if we, <laughs> and that just sets us up for just a lifetime of, of the, you know, I call it diet brain. And I've been that way forever because I found my kindergarten end of the year report and it said from kindergarten, very smart, very helpful. But if something is difficult for her, she does not like to do it, which is a hundred percent true. Like if it's the slightest bit hard, I feel like, oh, I'm a failure. I can't do it. And since 
kindergarten, I've been that way. So I've had to work on that a little bit. That just brought me back, of course, to being a classroom teacher, because you're right. That starts early on. I've got two boys, as you know, and one of them was really much more like that when he was young. Still, if he doesn't find it's worth doing, he won't do it, though. The one that was more like that. But yeah, that's a personality trait of like, nope, I'm not good at that. Like it's hard. I don't like it. And I'm not doing it. So I've had to get over some of that and just try hard things. I can do hard things. You can do hard things. And really so many things that are worth doing are the challenging things. So, well, you know, what does comfort get us? 255 pounds. That's right. And, you know, a lot of people, you luckily have not had to have the struggle of giving up creamy coffee. That is quite the challenge for a lot of people you know, giving up the creamy coffee because it's such a comforting thing. And then they're now they're fasting clean, plain water, black coffee. And it's just that feels so hard to a lot of people. But yeah, I didn't think I could do it. And then I did it. And here I am drinking my black coffee. When my window was open, I still choose black coffee. It's always a surprise to me when I do that. (laughs) But, you know, I actually prefer it now. So let's talk about any non-scale victories that you've had. I mean, more confidence in myself. I've flatten my stomach back out. I'm lifting weights. I have more energy. I noticed maybe a year ago, like at work, I just was getting more stuff done. Like I'm sure before that it was fine, but like I wasn't doing lunch. And so I was just like, oh, it's already two o'clock and I've done all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, like I actually noticed it, that I was just way more productive. I started lifting weights in January so I can tell my muscle tone is way better. I just feel better. I mean, I'm confident. I'm comfortable. My life is great. I'm not upset about anything. You know, I'm way more like when stress happens, I'm like, all right, that is what it is. We had an issue the other day at the house that we thought the floors were ruined, the wood floors. And I'm like, well, if they are, we'll fix it or I'll try to fit it. I will see what happens. (laughs) What happened? One of the dogs peed in the house several times, which does not usually happen. And so my son thought he needed to clean it. But the only thing he grabbed was isopropyl alcohol. And it kind of bleached out some of the wood floors. And so when I came home, he told me about it and he was very upset, but it was very obvious where he poured it. And then my husband saw it. So (laughs) we're trying to fix it with other methods and before we have to sand it. But I was like, well, it is what it is. The floor, I can't, you know, normally I would have been really upset for a while about that, but it's just a floor. It's true that intermittent fasting helps us to calm our moods down. And we we do handle what life throws at us with a little bit more grace, calmness. I really think that's true for so many intermittent fasters. I used to be way more emotional, like way more up and down. And now I'm like, eh, it's fine. Well, that's huge. And we've heard that from a lot of people over the years, but I think that's great. And plus, as Hardy tried, you can't be too mad at him because... If you, you know, I could just imagine if I was like freaking out at the kid, you know, and then be like, all right, well, I'll never try to clean anything again. Yeah. And when he was younger and I was more emotive, like it probably would have been different. But now I'm like, you know, Lord love him. He, and he felt really bad about it. He, he was just like, how old is he? He's 19. Okay. Oh, and you know, that was the fact that he was trying to help out and 19. Yeah, he was like, I knew I had to clean it. And so I grabbed that. And then later he was like, I don't know why I grabbed that. I said, yeah, just water probably would have been fine. But well, it seems like, you know, you want to like disinfect it somehow. That's probably what he was thinking. But also now he knows for the rest of his life that that is not good on wood floors or, you know, so now he knows that lesson. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move 
or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. We learned those hard lessons by making a mistake. Chad one time was cleaning the scuffs off my car with a magic eraser. Don't ever do that. Everybody (laughs) listening, never use a magic eraser on a car. (laughs) But you don't know until you know it. Yeah, then you know it and you're like, oh, that was a really bad idea. Luckily, the dealership was able to do something, apply something. But it made like really dull areas on the paint. It looked awful. But he's like, he was so proud of himself that he got whatever the scuff off. It was something I picked up in a parking lot or something. He's like, look, I took care of it. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Thank you for trying. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Have you had any positive health changes that you, other than obviously the moods? Not necessarily because I don't think I had very many issues. My cholesterol is still high, but it may just genetically be high. I don't know because, I'm again, I'm adopted, so I don't know family history. But it's been high, and it's just high. It has not gone down with fasting, so... We'll see. I don't know. Well, cholesterol often is related to, you know, obviously you could just have the genetically familial high cholesterol. It also, you know, can be um, what you're eating. My stepmother has had struggled with some high cholesterol and her doctor wanted to put her on medication. And she's like, how about I just work on what I'm eating instead? I think she stopped eating red meat or something. And And my doctor hasn't, he mentioned it the first year I started seeing him and then I started fasting and lost weight. And then he hasn't mentioned it again. I mean, it's still high, but he hasn't said, let's think about prescriptions. And I'm like, no, I don't really want to do that. So this last year he was like, "It's, it's fine. Just keep going. So Maybe he's not too worried about it right now. So That's good. And th- he may also understand about you know, ratios and all of that. There's like a calculator you can plug it in. And, and he's not, because I talked to him about fasting when I started. And he wasn't really on team fasting, but he said, I can't argue with results. So since you are losing weight, he's like, just keep doing that. But I don't think he's an advocate of it. But I had my um, fasted insulin checked in... March and it was 3.0. So I'm very happy with that. That is so good. Right in the optimal range. So I was pretty happy with that. That's such a powerful number to know. You know, with you're in that range, 2.5 to 5 is optimal. So, you know, you know that the anything holding you back from losing more weight is not because you have high levels of insulin. So that's really good. And I guess your A1C is probably normal. My A1C was 5.5, which is close to that pre-diabetic range, but I do eat more sugar than I should. And I know that. I mean, I understand that. So, and you know, we can know that we're doing something and not want to change it. I totally, 
get it. <laughs> I've reduced my sugar, but I'm not ready to like not have. Like last night for dessert, I had frozen bananas with a date and a Biscoff cookie ground up and it was delicious. But sometimes I need a piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> no, I love the sound of that. The frozen banana. There's like some machine. I don't have one, but like the Yonana. Have you heard of that? No. I don't have it, but I just hear people talking about the Yonana. You put a frozen banana in it plus whatever, and it makes like it into soft serve. Well, and I do that just in my food processor. It's called an ice cream. So you use banana and milk. But we also have tried it at my house because my son does not like bananas. So we've tried it with cherries, with strawberries, with blueberries. It works with any frozen fruit. And it makes like a soft serve ice cream. Okay. Well, now I'm super excited. I actually have just ordered a new little like neutral bullet or something because I have a big Blendtec blender in the little jar. And it's not – something's wrong with it. I think you're not supposed to put it in the dishwasher. And I've been putting it in the dishwasher. And it's not doing real well. So I was like, oh, i got to try something else. So I like to – you know, I like to have smoothies. So – I'm going to try this little blender and see if that works. So, okay. So I'm going to try it in there. You just put a right, you put your banana or whatever frozen fruit. Yeah. And I like the banana. And so I slice it and then freeze it. And so you just grab however, like a handful of slices and I grind that up first and then put a date in there and grind it up. And then I add cinnamon and flaxseed and then like one Biscoff cookie just for the seasonings and grind it up and just eat it with a spoon. It's delicious. Now I don't grind it to consistency of like ice cream, but if you add milk, it makes it ice creamy. So. Okay, well, now I'm excited to try that. Too bad it's getting cold. Though. That would be a good summertime treat. Yes, we ate it a lot in the summer. Like every night my son would come out, he's like, can you make me an ice cream? I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> as much as you want, I will make you that. But yeah, Biscoff cookies are so good. Oh, they're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Just one of them ground up in there with the banana and the date. It's It really changes it. It's good. And I like the texture. I like the crispiness of it. Like I always have to have a little bit of crunch with my stuff, so... That's why I like it. I think I would like that. All right. Now I'm excited to try try some of that. Once my little Nutribullet comes in, I'm not sponsored by Nutribullet. <laughs> Although if I like it, maybe I'll reach out to them. Anyway, blenders are like, blenders are a struggle. I don't know. Maybe everybody just has a blender and it works great, but I've struggled with, maybe I just use them too much. No, we got a big blender and it's too big for like that amount of ice cream or whatever. So we have a little tiny food processor that works perfect for like one bowl. The blender, I'm like, it just stays in the cabinet because we don't... The stuff just bounces around in the big yeah. blender. If you don't use a lot of stuff, it just scoots it out. So I use a little tiny food processor and just make my little bowl. It's delicious. All right. Well, I'm excited to try the one I'm getting. So we'll see if it's any good or not. But the way that it fits on there. Also, I'm like the person I'm trying to make something and the top of the blender pops off and it goes all over the cap. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, I'm worried about that. Well, that always happens to me. But the way this one is made, it like the top twists on and then you put it upside down so it like can't pop out the top. Oh, see, ours has like a latch and a release button. So it won't pop off. But I'm like, oh. Like at work, we use blenders for some of our tests. And I'm always like, I don't want this dirty water spraying on me. So I'm like pushing the blender lid down. Certain things are struggles. Vacuum cleaners, blenders, for whatever reason. I've bought a lot of both over the years. So we'll see. I'll let everybody know if this blender works. I'll put my little daily harvest smoothies in there and see how it does. <laughs> so how has intermittent fasting changed your life? It has made everything easier. Like, I do not worry about food. We went on vacation two weeks ago. We were there for two weeks in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and we went to Niagara Falls, and I, we just ate whatever we wanted. We usually ate at like 1130 in the morning, noon, and then we'd eat dinner sometimes, not all the time, but we had Greek food. We had hamburgers. We had Detroit-style pizza. We just ate whatever. So that not having to, like, worry about it. Now, when I've gone out to eat before, I've always 
gotten whatever I want. Cause I'm like, well, I'm already out eating. I, did, I wasn't the person to order a salad. That wasn't me, but I always felt guilty about it. Now I don't feel that at all, like in any way, shape or form. You know, what's funny is some of those salads that people are ordering at the restaurants have more calories than the burger and fries. <laughs> yeah. More fat. I'm like, just give me the burger. Yeah. So I don't have any thoughts about that anymore. Just whatever sounds good on the menu. Like we were at this little diner on vacation and it just looked like a breakfast diner. And we were about to pass the town. So we stopped there, but they had like Greek food and all this stuff. They had all this stuff. And so I ordered a piece of carrot cake cheesecake that was the best bite of food I have ever had in my life. Like it was just regular cheesecake. And then they had made a carrot cake and crumbled it on top. And there was two kinds of caramel on it. It was so good. I was like, I'll probably eat half of this because it's going to be super sugary and it'll hurt my stomach. I ate the whole thing. And my husband ate it. He was like, uh, that's delicious. I said, yeah. And then I just went about my day. It didn't bother me at all. No big deal. That's the way we're meant to live. We're meant to live our life eating the foods that are delicious and feeling like it's no big deal. I have figured out that I guess since fasting, if I start with sugar, it hurts my stomach. Like not to the point where I'm sick, but I can feel it. We're used to, I'd eat sugar all day long and it didn't bother me. But now it's like, I know that I cannot start with a donut if somebody brings it into work. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I can't because of my blood sugar. Like if I start with, I've been like that since I was a little girl. It's when I didn't eat, I didn't like candy. I didn't like cookies because I, I could just, I didn't know why, but I knew I didn't feel good. But it makes me have like a blood sugar spike and crash. Mine's just, it makes me a little bit, not even nauseous, like just barely upsets my stomach, but it's enough that I'm like, I don't like that. So I don't, I can't start with sugar. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, it's just easier. I don't worry about anything. And like I said, it's made me calmer in the rest of my life where the floor being ruined, well, we, we'll fix it or we won't. It is what it is. Something at the house is always going to be ruined. That's the lesson of home ownership. Am I right? That's true. <laughs> Yeah, there's always going to be. And if something's not ruined today, it'll be ruined tomorrow. <laughs> like it's going to happen. So, so how many kids do y'all have? We have two. Okay, 19 and? 23. Okay, so do they look at the intermittent fasting and think, what are y'all doing? Or My oldest one had gained a little weight when he kind of moved out. And then he and his girlfriend now, they just don't eat as much. So like he, I don't know if he fasts, but he has reduced his food and he lost the weight that he needed to. So when they come to dinner, used to he'd eat everything that we had. And now the past several times he's been, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm full. You know, my youngest son is complete opposite. He just doesn't eat if he's not hungry. You know, he'll eat three chicken nuggets and be like, okay. So he's never had an issue. Like he's kind of like chat, like just, just eats when he's hungry. Doesn't he? Will is exactly like that. And it always surprises me when I see that he just picks around a little bit. He's like, oh, that's enough. And then he'll, like, when we go out to eat, he always doesn't finish a meal at a restaurant. Will doesn't. He takes it home. Cody will, like, sometimes he's very hungry. And sometimes he's just not. Like, last night he left three or four little fried potato pieces with his burger. And was like, I'm just not. He gave him to the dogs. He didn't leave them. But, <laughs> you know, it just he'll just stop if he's not hungry. Oh, I love that. That's how we're all supposed to be. But there I am. I hear that I've had enough, but there's still something delicious there. I'm like, I'm going to eat it anyway. <laughs> Like, it's hard for me to leave a bite or two. I'm better at that now, but usually the dogs get a bite or two anyway. So it's like, well. <laughs> I'm definitely better at it now, but the strategy that works better for me is just to serve myself less because I just still tend to finish it. I get to towards the end and I'm like, well, I could stop now, but oh, I just want to keep eating it. So yeah. Or there's like three more bites and you were told don't waste food, clean plate club. Like I still have that. So yeah, if I serve myself less, 
then there's just less. I can always go back and get more. Exactly. That's the strategy that works best for me because I was not like necessarily raised clean plate club. You got to finish what's on your plate. It's just that I love the way the food is tasting and I want to keep eating it. And I don't want to stop. That's where I am with it. It just, I just don't want to. <laughs> I still struggle. Like if you're at a restaurant, you know, it's not going to be as good reheated. Oh yeah. So it's like, might as well just finish it. <laughs> I got it. That happened the other day when I was in Arizona. I had this delicious sandwich. It was like on this wonderful bread. It's like portobello mushroom and peppers. And I don't even know, a little avocado on there. And I was like, you know, I could stop right now, but I'm not going to. I had some fabulous street corn. Oh my gosh, it was good. I ate all of it. <laughs> then I was so satisfied. I wasn't like overly stuffed, but I kind of stopped and didn't. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of my big things that I like to eat, I call it a power bowl, but it's, it's kind of a joke between us, but it's black beans, corn, purple onion, some type of protein. And then I season it up with whatever seasoning. And that is like one of my favorite things. I'm like, I got to make me a power bowl. And then I put crunchy corns in it, kind of like corn nuts, but not corn nut brand for the crunch because I like the crunch. So I will eat a power bowl every day. I love it, which I'd never would have thought before. Beans and corn together are so good, aren't they? Anything with beans. Someone asked the other day in the Throw community. Some purple onion in there. Oh. Yep. They're like, what kind of beans? I'm like, all the beans. Any bean. Just experiment. <laughs> Just give me the beans. Give me the beans. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would tell people it is the answer. It is the thing. It is the way. It is not hard. It is, you have to think about it and you have to be committed to it, but it is the thing that will free up so much of your life to be better, to be happier, to be more you. Like it is it. That's it. <laughs> There's no second guessing it. Like it's, it is it. And you can adjust it to any way that you want to live, anything you want to eat, but this is the way to make your life the best it can be. That's how I feel about it. That, you know, that's just, people have to just really experience it to know. Yes, because it sounds weird. Like, it's like, it's not healthy. It's not, it's, but it, it, like when I heard it, I was like, yeah, this is it. Because I'd already mentally decided I didn't want to restrict. I didn't want to be, I can't have that. I can't have that. So this is the way to go on vacation and to eat the cheesecake for breakfast and to do whatever you want and still be happy and healthy and content and not have to worry about anything. It's great. I love it. Yeah. My editor, when I wrote Fast Feast Repeat, she called it a permission book. And I never really thought about it that way. But I'm like, you know, I, I get what you're saying. You, It's the permission for you to be in charge of what you're doing without all that stress and diet brain and can and can't kind of thoughts. You're just empowered to figure out what feels good and make it work without the guilt. Well, Jonna, it has been great to talk to you today. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Well, thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.
intermittent fasting stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.